Welcome back in. Uh, very soon we're going to talk to Tony Johnson out of Sky Sport. There is some international rugby on uh, this weekend, a game I'm very much looking forward to. Three o'clock tomorrow afternoon, uh, Fiji taking on Tonga. Is it on TV here? I'd imagine it would be. Doesn't Normally when I go on the Tribe app is a great app, by the way. The Tribe app gives me everything I need to know, but it normally has where it's on TV. There's a little logo under it, but it's, there's not one there for that. Uh, it'll be somewhere because I am going to watch it. Uh, Japan play Samoa at 5.50 on Saturday. Also Saturday, oh no, then that's it for this weekend actually. And then next weekend, Samoa, Fiji in Samoa. Australia, New Zealand, Japan, Tonga, Scotland, Italy. Oh, South Africa, Argentina. Uruguay, Chile, there's a lot of international rugby coming. Boy, oh boy, and weren't we dished up a pretty damn satisfactory uh, game by the All Blacks, uh, particularly that first, what was it, 20-odd minutes, the Shannon Frizzell, uh, the masterclass by the interaction between Moonga and Barrett. Um, but I'll get a man that knows a lot more about the intricacies of it than me. Sky Sports' Tony Johnson joins us now. TJ, pretty damn satisfying All Blacks performance last weekend. Well, yeah, the, the first two weeks of the Rugby Championship, I think you could say that about them both because, you know, that was a, a, a tricky start to the campaign. Mm. To, to go to Argentina, and I have to say that the idea of taking the whole squad, whereas, you know, the Springboks opted for that split squad scenario, I think um, obviously Ian Foster and his team felt that it was better to have everyone together working off the same page. Uh, and that certainly was vindicated, and less so what uh, Rassi Erasmus and, and um, you know the South African crew decided to do. I, I, I'm not sure that that worked all that well. So I think they got their strategy right because you know tricky start flying over there. It's a, it's a challenging time shift then to come back to New Zealand and face a, a Springbok team where they sent what 13 of their front liners straight straight to Auckland. Mm. Uh, it's the manner in which they've done it. I think that's got everyone pretty excited. I think, you know, obviously it's still a long way to go. I, I think what's nice about it, Staffy, is that we just enjoy it for what it was. Two really good performances, never mind about the, 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 the big picture, but there's also been some encouraging signs there as well. 2022 will go down as one of our least inspiring seasons for an, for a number of reasons. They haven't played since the end of last year. Um, so what is that, six, seven, eight months since the All Blacks played? What changed apart from mindset? Because I saw a massive mindset shift, particularly uh, at uh, Mount Smart. What, what do you see as the main changes? Well, yeah, I think definitely there's a, a confidence, you know, that... I, they're backing themselves, but I think they've made some changes to the structure of their attacking play in, in, in particular. Um, you know, for a start, one of the more obvious ones is that we're no longer seeing props taking the ball at first receiver and throwing passes out the back that might go to land, might go to hand, or, or might just hit the intended receiver in the face. Um, you know, they, they had sort of mixed success about that. Seems to have gone. Someone who knows a lot more about it than me suggests that they've changed the, the system of pods that they were using in attack. And very, what, what I'm seeing is that uh, they're creating uh, more opportunities just for um, clever movement of the ball in the back line, some nice handling stuff, they're freeing the ball into space. And one of the ways they're doing it is these nice little wraparounds that they've been working. McKenzie did it well. Uh, obviously, we saw that combination uh, of Richie Maunga 
Geordie Barrett, but also when he came into first receiver, Bowden Barrett doing it as well. And the, the effect of that is that, that the little wraparound seemed to be just drawing a defender and creating some space on the outside. And when you've got lethal ball runners like the All Blacks have got, the likes of, you know, Jordan in particular, um, but, but you know, Talia, um, whoever's popping up on, on the wing, uh, just giving them a bit of space is really going to open things up. But none of that works unless you've got a forward pack that's going forward. And mm. you know, what, I, what I like about that is just, you know, they, they went through periods where they did a lot of relentless pick and go. And uh, it wasn't just forwards. You know, you saw Rico Ioane get, am- get amongst it a couple of times to Leah. We know he's capable of doing it. Just, you know, keeping the defence either backpedalling or off balance. And, you know, you can have all of the, uh, the rush defence or smothering defence in the world, but if you're backpedalling, if you're constantly off balance or on the back foot defensively, you know, you, you can't employ it to any um, effective degree. So, you know, I, I think they've definitely made some changes to their attacking structure. I think they had a plan right from the word go. I, I think they had a feeling about who... The, 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 you know, the core members of their back line were going to be. They've stuck with that. Coming off pretty well. Obviously, there's some things they need to work on. I mean, in both games, they got off to a great start and, and then went through a period where the opposition sort of came back at them, started getting some points. No, they'll be, they'll be um, working on that as well. But uh, when you consider, you know, the next challenge is obviously keeping the bettors low cup. You'd have to say they're, they're in pretty good shape. Yeah, and I'd say the performances of Geordie and Rico... Um, Bowden at 15. We could see some very, very good New Zealand rugby players, not part of a World Cup campaign. And I'm talking about Anton Leonard-Brown, uh, David Havili, Sean Stevenson. Everyone's been crying for him. Will Jordan at fullback. There's, there's going to be some, some disappointment born out of the excitement of the success they've had. Yeah, look, it's probably quite important, you know, for the likes of uh, Lester saying Anuko. I, 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 I'd say that he, he's definitely going to going to be part of their plans, but they'll want to get him some game time. Anton Leonard Brown, of course, that that's a suspension mm. uh, that he's. It's not an injury situation, um, but I think he'll still be part of their mix. But having said that, I, I, you know, Braden Enor uh, has done a really solid job, but um, I, you know, I think Leonard Brown, with his experience and 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 also just the variations, a really good support player. Um, you know, he, he'll be part of the mix as well. But but clearly, um, some players are going to, you know, be a bit unlucky. Um, and, and, and uh, I mean, in, in a way, it, it, at least it's a, it's a good situation and that you know that if quality gets injured, you've got quality backup as well. But, yeah, sure, there are going to be some disappointments, but that's a problem you'd rather have than not have. Do you feel like there's uh, any answers or more questions about the makeup of our three halfbacks now, given the first two internationals? Uh, well, obviously, we haven't seen Cameron Roygaard uh, much in, a- in action. That, that I think that, that that's something they'll probably want to do. Um, I, I think they'll want to... Uh, the ideal plan would be, you know, if you can go to Melbourne, win there, you know, throw a little bit more or throw a few more spanners in, in the works for the Wallabies, because obviously <laughs> they've got a few issues at the moment. And then you can come back uh, to Auckland and, uh, uh, sorry, to uh, Dunedin, and then, you know, uh, look at maybe making a change. Yeah, I mean, that that best laid plans of mice and men, all that sort of thing. But, um, you know, that would probably get an opportunity, bring an opportunity in. But I would say at the moment that, that you know, that, that, that those are their three halfbacks. And... and 
they, they probably won't want to deviate from that. But having, you know, said that, I mean, Brad Webb has been played really well in those two games for the All Blacks 15, and we know that there are others as well uh, who are capable of knocking on the door. But they'll be looking at Roy Gard. He'll be part of their systems. He'll be part, you know, he's obviously part of their training setup, and they'll they'll be learning plenty about him without him actually being on the field. Let's put our South African glasses on, Tony, because I thought at the end of the game, actually, I just think tactically having their best forwards on the bench, I could see their game plan didn't come off for them. They'd got too far behind. The impact Malcolm Marks makes in every game he plays is incredible. Um, I wouldn't be too disheartened if I was a South African rugby supporter. They are the defending world champs, and I just feel like their eyes are on that prize. Yeah, um, I, to me, the keys to South Africa are actually two players who weren't involved in that test match. And, and uh, Andre Pollard is one, because mm. clearly uh, when he's not playing, they, they just don't function as well. And they've tried Yankees, they've tried Willem, so they've tried you know various players in that role. But the fact is that, that, that they, they need Andre Pollard to be part of the mix going into the World Cup, because A, he's a devastatingly good goal kicker, but he's also a good general as well. He suits the style of play that they that they want, and so uh, I, I think that's going to be that's going to be crucial. Sir Khaleesi as well, um, you know his leadership. He seems to be an inspiring sort of player, so they'll be pretty keen to get him back in the mix. No question, they have got the firepower. I think they are an aging team, and and uh, you know we tend to overlook the fact that but guys like Van Newlin and uh, even Ettebeth. Um, you know, a lot of those guys, um, you know, they, they, they're on the other side of 30. Um, so that, that that's something that you have to bear in mind. But no, I, I'd look, it, they, they just got absolutely um, knocked onto the back foot by that opening onslaught by the All Blacks. And yes, when they brought the bomb squad on, as they call them, they, they were able to get some parity. But then the All Blacks still finished well as well. So mm. I, I think they've got some decisions to make. Uh, it's, you know... Even the best coaches, you know, the likes of Graham Henry and that will tell you, you've got to keep evolving. And whether, uh, you know, they made the decision that this has worked for us really well the last few years, this is going to be our plan for the World Cup as well. I'm not sure uh, what that uh, result at Mount Smart has done. It'll make the Springboks go back and have a little bit of a think about what they're doing. And it's going to be fascinating to see whether... They, they stay with that um, for the, their remaining match, which is uh, against the Pumas. Yeah, the Pumas uh, and the Wallabies. Uh, earlier this week, we had former Wallaby coach John Connolly on, Knuckles Connolly, and he didn't hold back, pretty much saying, and I'll paraphrase, that Eddie Jones lost the plot and Australian rugby's a basket case. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I always thought it was a bit of a risk with Eddie Jones um, because... You know, Eddie Jones is the sort, he's going to go in there, he's going to want to change a whole lot of things. And whether they really had a, 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 the right time frame to be able to do that, I'm not sure. Um, I think they've got a massive problem at 9 and 10. They, they just can't figure out what their best options are. And, of course, uh, with Noah Lolosio heading off, that, that's reduced their options. I know, you know people have been weighing into Quade Cooper. I, I, I think that they've got a... Um, take a punt on Carter Gordon uh, to me. There are just little bits about him, and I'm not saying he's the next Larkham, but there are just little bits about the way he plays that do remind you of, of, of a young Larkham uh, before he really developed into the, the great player that he was. And I think they've got to take a punt on that. And I, I wonder whether they might have 
Um, Nick White, to me, um, yeah, he, he, he's got the attributes, but whether he's got the temperament, uh, whether he's consistent enough, so that, that's that's a big problem. I think getting Tupo back will help. Um, and the other thing too is, you know, Eddie Jones has got still got time on, on his hands to, to meld the likes of Skelton and Karevi back into the into the mix. Rory Arnold, after being selected from overseas, at the moment you'd say that that decision hasn't really worked for them, but they've still got time. And I also think, you know, right from the word go, that I, I don't think Eddie Jones was probably too worried about winning the rugby championship. I think he wanted to just, you know, get his systems up and running. And I think probably all along his big his hope for the um, for this part of the year would be to, to, to try and win back the Bledisloe Cup because that would be a massive boost for Australia. And it would also be, you know, quite a setback for New Zealand. But things have simply not gone according to plan. And you can see already the volatility of Eddie Jones, um, the way he got into that, uh, you know, a bit of a slanging match with uh, um, a reporter in South Africa. And we saw the headphones go flying on Saturday night. It, it's, it, it, to me, uh, it's just, a, they're just entering a bit of a dangerous zone here. They could come out of it and come out of it really well. I think they've got the capability to win the World Cup um, you know, as, a, as an outsider, and they've certainly got the draw, but they don't want things getting any worse than they appear to be at the moment. We've seen in past World Cups, TJ, Argentina can mount a bit of a threat. They've made semi-finals in the past. Um, they've got a few older guys. They've got some very pacey and talented backs, but have they got enough of them to um, to have a decent crack at the World Cup? And, and what have you made of them the first couple of weeks? Uh, I actually, I, I, not too bad at all. Um, you know, they they recovered from a, a not very good start and, and, you know, had a decent go of it. Um, you know, they played some reasonably good footy against the All Blacks and, and I, you know, that was a really good performance by them to, to come back um, and, and beat Australia over the weekend. Um, no, no, they do. And, and I guess it's part of the national psyche when you consider, you know, football mad nation, uh, all their players in football are scattered all over the world, but you know every four years they seem to be able to come together and and pose a real threat at the FIFA World Cup. And they seem to have that same mindset with the Rugby World Cup as well. Last time in France, uh, they beat France in the first game, and I think they ended up in, in third place. Uh, you, you know they they were good. They made the semi-finals in 2015. They they seem to be able to get it together. Uh, there's, there's a lot to like about um, the, the talent they've got in their back line. Um, uh, Matteo, the, 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 the left winger, uh, Carreras, he, boy, he, he's a, a devastating runner. Um, and they've got that big forward pack as well. The, the only problem is I think sometimes just controlling uh, the, the, the emotions and, and getting the discipline right, which has been a huge problem for Australia too. But they seem to respond to Michael Checker uh, you know, I, I think that come the World Cup, I, I think they're a team that no one will be able to take lightly. Last thing I want to talk to you about, of course, the All Blacks 15 have just been over and played a couple of games in Japan. We actually had Aidan Ross on the show yesterday. He really enjoyed the experience and um, good team culture and he loved it, loved playing them over there. Um, sounds like we're going to get more and more uh, rugby relationship with Japan, with us here in New Zealand. 
Yeah, look, that that was a really worthwhile gesture, um, or a venture, I should say, not gesture, venture taking that team up there, because in a way, it was quite nice to see um, some guys who are leaving, uh, you know, uh, Brad Webber, Jack uh, Goodhue, and uh, Alex Nankerville, three names that sort of spring to mind, just to give them a bit, uh, Peter Gussola Cooler, just a, a last chance maybe to wear the black jersey or to keep themselves in frame uh, for, for the All Blacks, uh, for, the, for the World Cup. I think that's probably more to the point. Um, but also a chance to, you know, give some, some younger guys some energy. You know, like to Naitoa Akoi, you know, mm. you know really um, just been doing a terrific job for the Chiefs the last couple of years. Um, you know, the, getting the next sort of level in, into the idea of playing international rugby against the... You know, it's not a bad uh, Japan team, and they they came together and got the job done nicely. What we're hearing now, uh, obviously, it had already been confirmed that the All Blacks will play there on the way to Europe next year, and the Māori All Blacks are going to go up in July during the uh, July international window. Um, I think it, it, it's good international game play for Japan, but I I can't help but think, Staffy, that the the, the root of it all uh, is probably the Silver Lake deal. Uh, it's, a, it's a massive market. Uh, Japan, uh, they'll, they'll want to see that market, you know, um, making, you know, making sort of more inroads, developing uh, a, a, a greater relationship um, with, with Japan. So I, I think that might be part of it. But I, I also think it's it's not just a cynical ploy to make money. I think there's there's value in it too from a rugby sense. Actually, you just mentioned a name in that last answer. Actually, was part of the All X fifteen. Um, I want to ask you about some some texters actually put it put it to us as well about Jack Goodhue. Is the door you, you've said they've tried to keep the door open on their World Cup possibilities? Um, he was brilliant in, in the latter half of Super Rugby. Is he a chance, Jack Goodhue? Yeah, the, the, uh, the shame about Jack Goodhue is that he's just had a pretty rotten run with injuries, and I guess it's in a way it's down to the way he plays. He's very hard. He's very direct. He's got a good skill set as well. But, uh, the, you know, the, the, the fact that uh, they brought Dallas McLeod in uh, to have a look at him suggests that he, he's probably not in the front line of their thinking. Uh, but he's the sort of guy that if someone was to go down with an injury, you know, they, they could bring him into the frame and they, you know, they know that, um, that he could do a, a solid job. But look, I, I think the door's never quite closed on players like that, of, of that ability. Um, but then you consider, you know, David, well, I mentioned Anton Leonard-Brown, David Harvey's out with an injury as well. It, w- it would seem that maybe uh, his chances of going to the World Cup are now probably quite slim unless misfortune would have before at least one other player. And I, I say at least probably one. He, he's probably one or two out of the picture as well. But having said that, I thought he played really well uh, against Japan. You know, he just... that direct line of running. Uh, it's very much what they're, they're trying to get out of Geordie Barrett at the moment. It's just that Geordie Barrett uh, brings some other um, skills as well. Obviously, his kicking game, defence has been really good. So, yeah, um, it, it was good to see him playing well. It's always good to see him healthy. He's just had a rotten run of luck, and I, I don't think that's helped him at all in terms of the all-black picture. TJ, can I give you the week off commentary this weekend? No, you can't. <laughs> I'm doing, uh, we've got a game on Saturday night, uh, Samoa against Japan. Oh, brilliant. And so obviously it's, uh, you know, of the, um, Nations. Uh, Pacific you, you Nations know, Cup, yep. Pacific Nations, yeah, and, and obviously uh, lead up to the World Cup. And 
I'm just waiting now to see the teams and just see what sort of a lineup Samoa are going to have. I noticed that uh, Tonga had some of their rock stars playing when they had that win over Australia A. So these are important games. Give us a little uh, early idea about what uh, the strength of Samoa is going to be at the World Cup. And so I'll be doing that one on Saturday night. Brilliant. I'll be tuning in. 5.50 Saturday night, Sky Sport, TJ. Brilliant. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Righto, mate. Okay. Take it easy, TJ. No rest. No rest for the great man. Um, Yes, so Fiji, someone texted in actually. Um, Fiji Tonga is on Sky Sports Select on Saturday. Thank you, Chris. Thank you very much. Got some more texts. We'll get to those after a quick break. Yes, a quick break. Thanks, Sam.